0: The story is told of a circuit riding preacher. He was famous for always having a positive, gracious, thankful attitude This particular day, however, the congregation wondered if he would be able to continue that spirit. The reason being is that the weather was tumultuous, it was terrible. It was uh, you know a regular Kansas kind of day. It was raining, it was sleeting, the wind was uh, just driving down, and uh, this was at, in an era when uh, the circuit-riding preachers didn't drive, they rode by horseback. As a small congregation waited for the circuit-riding preacher to come in to deliver the word, all of them were talking amongst themselves. So what possibly could the preacher have to say that would be thankful and grateful on a day such as today? He arrived just barely in time, he dismounted his horse, he tied it, he walked into the old small country church, and as he did, the congregation looked almost just waiting to see what he would say. He came up to the pulpit, today is a wretched day to, to be sure, we've not had some weather like this in quite some time, but we can be thankful that not every day is not as bad as today. I like that spirit. I like that attitude. And that's what we're going to talk about today as we finish up our series called Rhythm. And the series on Rhythm is just this whole idea that you and I, are not called to have God sort of in this box in our lives, right? We open the God box, you know, for an hour or two on Sunday morning, maybe an additional hour Sunday night, maybe maybe Wednesday night, and we close that up the God box, you know, put the Bible in there and just put it on the shelf of of our hearts and continue about our lives. Now, Now, Scripture says quite the opposite, that in everything, in all areas of life, we're to give God glory. And that's the idea of rhythm. And so we've been talking about some of the rhythms that are uh, very natural to people who are Christ followers. Some of the things like trusting God, some of the things like having mercy, uh, lowering yourself, uh, leading others, looking for a way to make an impact. Uh, I hope it's been helpful to you today. uh, We're talking about one that's sort of seasonal by nature. And so I want to ask you to make a list, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, You've got that. Nice blank page there, the third of a page in your handout. Uh, if you had to make a list of a hundred blessings, that you, something that you're grateful for, uh, could you do that? In fact, I'll, I'll make the challenge. Uh, I've done this before, but if you're under 12 and uh, you can make a list, the first under 12-year-old to give me a list on your handout of a hundred blessings, I'll have a, a Chick-fil-A blessing for you, Okay. First one to bring it up to me after service or sometime today, I will receive that. So you can begin working on a hundred things that you're thankful for. But for the rest of us, I want to ask you, if you were to make a list, would it only be blessings? Would it only be good things? Would it only be positive things? Or would you have anything else on there? This is the time of year when we are thinking about being grateful and being appreciative, and that's natural to do as we gather around the table with our loved ones, as most of us will do uh, on Thursday. Um, We spend time thinking about our blessings and the things and the people that we are thankful for. There is nothing wrong with doing that. Um, And then, of course, after Thanksgiving is over, then you have the opportunity to put up your Christmas decorations. So, you know, you uh, you can do that at the proper time. But like the Thanksgiving holiday, if we're not careful, the danger with Thanksgiving is relegating it to a holiday, relegating it to a day, relegating it to a season. I mean, I mentioned this on Sunday night. The world seems to like to rush past Thanksgiving. Um, And and I know it's a commercial thing and all that. There's not many things that you can sell, except, I guess, turkeys and hams and all of that. Uh, but, you know, there's more in it for a, a business, you know, to get, to get, to get right on to the, the season where we think about all the stuff we, we need or, or think we need. But there's something spiritual about a world that rushes past gratitude. And we've got to be careful about that, too. When we think of being thankful, oftentimes when we do it, as we make our list... We often think only about the blessings. That is, our gratitude is often in direct proportion to how life tends to be going at the moment. If we feel very blessed, you know, if we got the promotion, if we got the new account, if we got the raise, if we've been successful in our relationships, if we found uh, a blessing in the different areas of our lives, then we tend to be very grateful because that's what gratitude is focused on is the blessings. But when life is not going our way, when we get the, the pink slip from the boss, when we get laid off unexpectedly, when uh, the the doctor visits turn out to be more than we intended, when, when the family dysfunction splits and fractures and makes Thanksgiving very hard and the holidays very difficult, it, I wonder then, in times of when life is not going so well, are we as grateful? That's the challenge I want us to think about this morning. Someone made this list of very unique blessings, He said, I am grateful for things like early wake-ups and a house to clean and laundry and dirty dishes and crumbs under the table and uh, shopping that I have to do and toilets to clean and lots of noise and endless questions. Uh, I am thankful for getting into bed sore and tired. And they say, you know, I can be grateful for all those seemingly on the surface negative things. I can be grateful for those because they're rooted in a deeper blessing. There's meaning that we see if we, if we pay attention. So, it's God's will. We understand that if, if you're people of the book. It's God's will that we be people of gratitude. I, I was looking this morning at a verse from Habakkuk. Uh, Habakkuk chapter uh, 3, the very last chapter. In fact, the last few verses of uh, the, this minor prophet And this is page 1011, if you're caring to follow along, because this is a good word. Habakkuk says, Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. The flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet... I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. The irony is, he says, you know, kind of talks about all these things. Was like, you know, in our modern world, we might say, well, you know, I got, a, I, I, I got cut back to halftime. Uh, um, my portfolio is is 40% of what it used to be. Uh, the stock market went down, the business failed, and yet I will rejoice. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. He says, he makes me tread on my high places. Hey, even in the low places with God, we still have all the blessings that we could ever need. This Thursday, it's fine to be grateful. Certainly expected to be thankful. But may we not forget, there's 51 other Thursdays in the year may we practice gratitude at all times because that is God's expectation for us who follow Christ Jesus 1 Thessalonians 5:18 says give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus you see I, there are people in the world there are unbelievers there are people atheists who can be grateful when times are good what separates the believers from the unbeliever is this common, uh, uh, this common place where we all come to, where we are able, as followers of Jesus, to be grateful despite our external circumstances. Instead, we remember our internal circumstances, that inward joy, and it allows us to give, gra- give thanks even in the hard places. It's easy to give God thanks in the blessings. But it's, an, it's another level entirely to thank God in the unblessings. For the hard days, for the sad times, for the heavy trials, for the times when you keep getting told no again and again, for the closed doors, for the struggles, for the hard points of life for these points are, are when they really test is our gratitude rooted in God the giver or is it gratitude merely rooted in ourselves an example many of you know Austin Campbell Austin Campbell was in a pretty bad wreck here's a picture of it his mom posted this on Facebook and I thought it really went along great with what I this, this idea that I had for this sermon. She writes, We got the phone call that no parent wants to get on early Sunday morning, October 13th. Austin was on his way home from work, and he was hit head-on by a driver who'd been drinking. This driver then fled the scene on foot and left Austin alone. Thankfully, Austin was okay, except for being very sore and maybe a possible concussion. I am thankful the truck, the truck that saved his life, that big, noisy, gas-guzzling truck that I've often complained about was strong enough to take the direct impact and save my boy. I'm thankful for cell phones that allowed him to call his dad and let us know he was safe. I'm thankful for witnesses who were there to tell the truth. I'm thankful for police officers and EMT who responded to the call. I'm thankful for the insurance, even though I hate paying the bill every month. I'm thankful to God for all the things that took place to get us to today. Another day with my son. It's a great example for all of us. It's a moment of unblessing. It's a moment where at its surface you can say, oh, this is terrible, this is travesty, oh, I'm and my life, oh, i got to do it, I've got to find a truck now, I can't believe this is going to happen. You know, really focus on the negative. Instead, Austin's mom did the right thing she focused on the reasons to be grateful. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. If you are following along, and I hope that you are, the scriptures say very clearly, whatever you do, in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through him. You see, the, the, the key part to doing it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, the key part To rhythm, as we've been talking about. The key part to that is right here. The key part is giving thanks. That's not just a a thanksgiving sermon, okay? That's the key to unlocking the way to let God be in the rhythm of every part of life. How do you glorify Him in all that you do? The key is in giving thanks to Him for everything. So... Maybe this morning we could make a decision to grow in gratitude. And and not just use this holiday and not just focus on the good things, but maybe go to the next level with our gratitude. What if we decided to grow in gratefulness? Stop and think how you might be grateful in all of your circumstances. Just a minute. Think back, we're almost out of 2019, think back over 2019, okay? What I really want you to focus on are the, the low points, as Habakkuk might say, the low places, the, the time when the, the produce didn't come in, the fig tree didn't blossom, and so forth. Think about that for the, for you. I mean, it's going to be different for every person, but think about it. Things like a lost job, financial stress, your personal health, failing health, falling grades, you, in, in all those low points, you see, you have an opportunity. You have a biblical opportunity. We're studying James in Bible class on Sunday mornings, and uh, you'll recognize this verse from James chapter 1, page 1291, if you're following along. The brother of Jesus says this, and, and I would like you to read the words in blue. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face... Trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. You see, it, it, it's really not that difficult to be grateful and thankful. When life is a bowl of cherries. But that's not who we in Christ are called to be. It, it really comes down to not just when life is a bowl of cherries, but it's how you handle the pits of life that what matters. It's the pits of life where you have an opportunity to glorify God in a most magnificent way. And I want to challenge you to do this to be grateful when life puts you in the grind. And that's more challenging, but that's, that's how people of faith have always been. Uh, Job chapter 1, we go back to the Old Testament for just a moment. Job chapter 1, you remember the rather infamous story of Job, and uh, he was a righteous man, and, uh, and then things, then things went to the pits for Job. Job chapter 1, verse 13 through 20, I'll read. There was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and there came a messenger to Job, and he said, the oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them, and the Sabians fell upon them and took them with, and struck, them, struck down the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. And while he was yet speaking, then came another and said, the fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. And while he was yet speaking, there came another who said the Chaldeans formed three groups and made a raid on the camels and took them and struck down the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone escaped to tell you. And while he was yet speaking, there came another. Talk about your bad days. There came another. Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and behold, a great wind came across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young people, and they are dead and I alone have escaped to tell you. Now, I want you to imagine such a day, having really lost almost everything that a person could imagine losing. And as a parent, the last one, of course, just breaks your heart. It crushes the, the soul. It brings us to the point of emptiness and just despair for Job. But let us look what Job does. Verse 20. Then... Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head. And all of these reactions would be very natural. And he fell on the ground and worshipped. He fell on the ground and worshipped. In the moment of his lowest point, Job reached to the highest place, bowing down to the ground and worshipping. When he had lost everything, Job reached for the one who knew all things. Imagine having a day like that, early Sunday morning, and your instinct is to say, I need to worship God this morning. I need to do that. That was Job's heart because he understood something was greater than the blessing. Often there is great growth in the time of unblessing. For you and I, he's transforming us in Christ into something far better. And that transformation process, transform is a funny word. It sounds real good on the surface, but transformation is hard. Transformation is not easy. In fact, often transformation comes in the moment of the crucible, in the moment of the hottest fires, where we are purified and strengthened and refined. Burdens and tests and trials of life, these are the things that bring us to the moment of the crucible. Are you thankful for the moment of the crucible? Are you thankful for the fires? Are you thankful for God refining out of you that which is least pleasing, that which you don't even recognize, but that he will use the fires to mature and burn out of you so that you're refined and that you are better It's only in the crucible where faith is refined. Listen to the words of Peter if you are following along, 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 through 13, page 1298 in the Pew Bible. 1 Peter 4 12. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice insofar as you share. Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Peter says when bad things happen, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but there's an opportunity to rejoice. There's an opportunity to mature, to grow, to be refined through the fires of life for both precious metals And precious souls, the purest and the finest, are often those which go through the hottest fires. And we not forget that. Just because you're suffering doesn't mean that God's forgotten you. In fact, it may very well mean that he's remembered you. And he has something far better for you in mind. If God brings you to a Goliath, that means that he sees a David within you. And he sees an opportunity to grow you and mature you and shape you. And so, in all that we do, we should thank God both for the blessings, but increasingly for the unblessings. Today's message really just has one point, and that's it. Be grateful for the blessings. That's fine to do. As you gather with your family, as you circle around the table, as you realize how blessed you are, that's wonderful but be just as grateful in the unblessings. Maybe you celebrate Thanksgiving all alone because there's so much dysfunction in your family, you can't even bring you all together in one place. And maybe then you learn that though you feel all alone, you still have Almighty God, and you are never alone with him. Maybe your health has struggled. Maybe you've lost someone this year. These are opportunities to glorify God, to grow in your faith, and to be grateful to him in all things. The unblessings, in my mind, are really better blessings than we think. For it is in these moments that we are matured in our faith. We are strengthened in our love. We are tightened in our focus. We grow Closer to God. It, it put to think about it this way: we can grow and know the Shepherd in the green pastures of life. You can know God is your Shepherd in the green pastures, but you get to know Him in the valleys. You get to trust Him in the valleys. Yes, everyone wants green pastures. This Thursday, many will focus on the green pastures. But may this Thursday, we not forget to thank him for the beautiful, wonderful valleys. There's a song written by a lady named Laura Story called Blessings. I think it reflects the sentiment well. She says, We pray for blessings. We pray for peace. We pray comfort for our family and protection while we sleep. We pray for healing, for prosperity. We pray for your mighty hand to ease our suffering. And all the while, you hear each spoken need, and yet love us way too much. To give us lesser things. What if your blessings come through raindrops? What if your healing comes through tears? What if a thousand sleepless nights are what it takes to know you're here? What if the trials of this life are your mercies in disguise? It's a beautiful sentiment, the unblessings. We seek the blessings of God, and that's fine to do. But some of the greatest blessings we'll ever experience are the unblessings. And it's for these which we should be especially grateful. This season, may we not forget to be grateful in both. The greatest blessing, of course, is Jesus. Son of God, who experienced a great unblessing, you and I might experience heaven's blessing. And if we had nothing else, putting the entire sermon aside, if we had nothing else but Him, we would have everything. This morning I ask you do you have Him? Do you know Him? Are you living for Him? Are you living in obedience to Him? Are you serving him? Are you walking with him? If you do not know Christ, the opportunity to do that is this morning. You can come forward, and our shepherds will be glad to share with you how to do that, the first steps of faith, to trust in him, to repent of sin, to be baptized for the forgiveness of that sin, and to receive the Holy Spirit. Or if you're in Christ, but you've forgotten how blessed you are, You have another great opportunity. We'd be glad to pray with you and for you if you need help in a public way. This morning, if you have any need, may you not neglect the opportunity that lies before you. But the decision is yours as together we stand and sing.